We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your free risk $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to start winning. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, my guy A-Double... Allen is back in the building. Haven't seen dude in about two, three weeks because uh, the holiday, Thanksgiving. I hope you guys all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Hope you guys listened to the episode with Impy that dropped. We talk a little bit about our Thanksgiving. How was a nice, nice little break to decompress, step away from everything. We're working pretty hard. I know no one wants to hear that. I, uh, I like to lead by example more than talk about it. I like to walk the walk than talk the talk. But I'm also a fan of like putting things out there because then. You know, there's like a, a psychological thing that when you put something out there, gives you more incentive to try to fulfill it because other people know about it, right? So, with all that being said, it was one of the first times in the history of VM where it wasn't a two-episode week. I uh, only released one episode, and I can remember the other time that that happened was when uh, my, my buddy passed away suddenly. Um, Sergio, when he passed that week was like the only other time I can remember. Less than a handful of times in the, the history of VM has there been only a one-episode week. A lot of two-episodes standard, and then uh, a lot of three-episode occasions too. Um, but yeah, man, I just wanted to come on here before this episode and say that I'm going to be in Las Vegas this weekend, going to the Blue Wire studio at the Win. Going to record some stuff out there. Going to connect with Will Blackman. Shouts to my guy, Will do some stuff for upsets and underdogs if you guys haven't checked out that show it's a show that i do two times a week with new york giants super bowl champion will blackman and it's been really fun a lot of sports betting heavy sports betting <laughs> you guys know me man don't threaten me with a good time with the sports betting so that's been a cool venture and it's the first time that i'm going out to vegas uh for work purposes which is really dope and uh i just want to say thank you man i want to say thank you to all you that have been listening the show is doing really well. It's continuing to grow month by month, year by year. And it means a lot. Um, my goal from day one was just to create content full time. And I've been afforded that luxury because of you and all of you that listen to the show. 
it means a lot. And I don't take it for granted. You guys know I don't take it for granted. And I just want to say I appreciate it. So enjoy this episode with Alan. Monday's episode is already up on the Patreon with my guy Bo Templin from 1.37 p.m. Works with Gary V. Dope content creator, MMA boxing, does stuff with DraftKings as well. We connected a couple of weeks ago. That episode is up on the Patreon now. There are about three episodes dropping over the next couple of weeks that you could get early if you are a member of the Patreon as a perk and incentive. But I'll be traveling this weekend, so I won't have time to record a full week 13 recap. But there'll be a lot of stuff coming out the rest of the December. I want to finish this year strong. It's been the year that I've been praying for for a very long time and working towards. So again... I am forever grateful to all you legends that listen, and we will catch you guys next time. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. You got what I got. Uh, this one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Back in the building, a double. When's the last time I saw you, bro? Before Thanksgiving? The week, week before, before yeah. right? Damn, so it's a lot, been... a lot of things have happened. Hell yeah, Patriots bro. are apparently the best team in the league. Or MP, 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 oh, no, not the title. Oh, Dude, that was the greatest trio ever assembled. Oh. Shouts to MP, man. He definitely reminds us about his Patriots take, I folks. know, I can't. Don't, don't worry. We're, we're in a group chat, and he just goes off. He's like, yo, Alan, what do you think? Dinner, wine, beer? I when we, We're probably going to be doing a show in January, like by the time the regular season ends. And he's, I am looking forward to him just talking about it constantly. Although, I will mention, though, even though no one's really paying attention to do it, understandably so, but the Dolphins are kind of not awful. Talk your shit, bro. Four if, in a if, row. if only the Patriots weren't so damn good, we might actually have a conversation. And then, hey, they, they might be playing Mike Lennon this week. So Yeah, that's right. Daniel Jones has a neck strain. Questionable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, how you been, though? I'm pretty well overall. Like, Thanksgiving was, man, you want to talk about eating too much. You eat too much. This like it wipes you out. Like I yeah, wipe, Like I didn't really watch much football on Thanksgiving, and then you watch the highlights. It's like damn, you kind of missed a classic. Yeah, between Dallas and Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. number one rated regular season game since 1990. I know. Uh, fo- football's football's it's it's declined on popularity. That's what people tell you though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a very misleading number if you ever really looked into it because yeah. so, some of the times when I go at it with my buddies who are like super baseball fans right. and you know me, I'm pro soccer, like yeah, soccer is yeah. my thing and if you look at a lot of the ratings, soccer mm-hmm. 18 to 35ers, it's the number 3 sport in the country but behind both football, right. college and NFL, and then it's the NBA, yeah. then it's soccer. Wow. One of the reasons why is it's easier for you to watch a game. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day for me to go watch a Champions League game, I would have to go to like a Spanish church with my mm-hmm. dad to watch like Barcelona right. Arsenal. And it used to be like a legally stream. Yeah, and no this one is, had the rights. Yeah. This was like I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But now it's ESPN Plus, Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. You have access to all the Champions right. League games. So the ratings have been going up. And also like our generation, soccer has become more popular mm-hmm. because of FIFA is a big reason why it's the number one sports right. game in the world. It's uh, it's recognizable superstars, and it's also it's you know when the games are gonna end. Right. Like it's very important that 
yo, bro, Liverpool, Chelsea this weekend. It's at 12.30. We can make plans to do something else at 3. Yeah, exactly. Because we know the game's going to end. Right. So, like, with, uh, with baseball and the ratings, one thing that I've looked into is they're very misleading across the board because it don't really account for mm-hmm. it being streamed. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you see the TV ratings, but how many people are watching it at bars? Right. Watching it at home and you have four or five people over. So those numbers are always true. I think football is it's still the number one rated show mm-hmm. on five different networks. Yeah, I think uh, like the World Series ratings compared to like a Sunday night game, like the Sunday night game still beats it. Did you see what my habit to my yeah? Chair? I don't know why. Like, <laughs> so I went down for the count. But we were talking so before about like we were talking about the previous slate of games and like how much the four o'clock games are way more thrilling than the one o'clock games. And you have a theory about this. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about it because I've noticed that the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. been some bar fights at four o'clock. Yeah. What's been the biggest issue that us fans have had with red zone and the way games are slated? Why do they give us nine games at one o'clock? And then they'll give us two. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at four o'clock. Well, now what they're doing is they give us three, four games, but they're putting those like Rams, Packers, Chiefs, Cowboys, game of the week, uh, Bucks. They're giving us the mm-hmm. better games in the afternoon. Right. So it's like, all right, you have seven, eight games at one o'clock, mm-hmm. but what the games that are going to matter Rams, Cardinals, right. Bucks, Rams, we're going to put them in the afternoon right. window. So yeah, it's less. But it's also more. But those games are delivering too. And then you have the second tier game, like like Minnesota, San Francisco. Those are two teams that are totally unpredictable, and yet they put together a really thrilling game. Yeah, a man. very disappointing game if you own Dalvin Cook and Debo Samuel. But you know, oh, sh- sh- shut a tear for that. You must have been riding <laughs> high and then just Dude, literally back to back plays. I got injured. I'm like, all right, well, it was a good run. Yeah, my buddy Chris, shout to Chris. He's been on the show a bunch. Uh, we call him Agent Chris. He comes on for NBA stuff. He sends me his team every week, and I think he's like I don't know, say five and six in fantasy or five and seven, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. He's second in the league in points for, but he has the most points against them by like two hundred fifty points. Still... I tell him, I'm like, dude, send me the team that you're playing mm-hmm. so I can play them in the Millie Maker because yeah. if they're going off, Ew. he's ran into Jonathan Taylor. He played Austin Eckler. <laughs> He just he played Leonard Fournette this past oh. week, so he he actually played against Taylor and yeah. Eckler on the same team. Like you don't want to get mad about these things because it's just so unpredictable, but it's impossible not to get mad. It's like, dude, what on like because because this gets it's competitive. Like it, fantasy could really bring the competitiveness out of you, where you become bitter as hell. You know, you don't want to ruin your watch experience, but it's just like you should be delivering. And it's like looking you look at the stands. It's like I'm not even gonna make the playoffs. What would you change in fantasy football if in if you were running all of fantasy football? Is there a change that you would make? Oh, that's a good. Oh, I wish I prepared for this <laughs> uh, off the top. You want me to give you mine while you think about it? Just because I I've, still think we. Could, I wish there was a way to figure out. Like I guess the waiver wire it's somewhat fixed now because you have the hundred dollars. Like you could pay oh, like to put fab. bids. Yeah, like I like fab. I think fab's definitely. Well, you should do fab, yeah. and you should do rotational waivers. Yeah. Meaning, after week one, if my team puts up 14 points and I have the worst team, I have mm-hmm. the top waiver. Yeah. Until I use that top waiver, I'm still the top waiver. Mm-hmm. We messed up one time. We had the league, and I was commissioner, so I messed yeah. this up, putting blame on myself, where Espo was 0-6 in our fantasy league. This is a competitive league. It's a $300 yeah. league. And remember that one year where, like, 
Matt Forte went down, Eddie Lacy went down, and then there's like this super, has to be like 2012, 2013. But then it was like James Starks, okay, and uh, Jeremy Langford were coming in, and there was a stretch of like uh-huh. all the first and second round running backs went down, kind of like right now. And then the backups, I suppose, picking him up off uh-huh. waivers because he has the top waiver every yeah. week. Before you know it, he's six and six. Wow. And it's like, yo, his entire lineup is everyone's starting running back. Yeah. He backup. just feasted on him. So the best way to do it is Fab, which I think if I was to do a fantasy league next year, because I didn't do one this mm-hmm. year, I would definitely do Fab. Mm-hmm. You have to bid for guys. Right. That's the best way. Yeah. Or at worst, it has to be a rotational waiver. Exactly. Because you can't reward your team being trash. But other than that, like, I don't know what else I could think about when it comes to fantasy that would change. Like, well, like I think we kind of just understand the format. We just play it. What would you do? I would get rid of defense completely. I could see why because it's so unpredictable. Like, it's so volatile. It's so, like, it's so. But it's, I like the unpredictableness, though. Dude. Like, people want to get rid of kickers. I'm like, man, look, can we just enjoy the. Like, those positions, they're total wild cards, which kind of makes it fun. But then you lose because of it. So. No, but there is there is also some strategy to kickers. Like, anytime I would play fantasy, one thing I really liked doing was. Whoever my quarterback was, I tried to get his kicker. Oh, okay. If the drive stalls, they settle for field goals. Mm-hmm. At least my offense still produces. Right. I still get points out of it. Yeah. On the flip side, it could be like, yo, if you have a kicker like, well, Butker's a bad one because Butker's like solid. Like mm-hmm. when I think of Harrison Butker, right. I think nine points. Yeah. Right. But I like that's one of my strategies. I like taking kickers in domes, especially this time of the year. I don't need mm-hmm. to worry about oh, live in Chicago. We have wind spiraling from yeah. the north end. Like, like if you're so a Mason, Cro- time- I don't know how you could be a Mason Crosby owner. Yeah, right. Now. right? <laughs> Shit, it's bad enough it's been. <laughs> God, but then think about it, right? Like, what happens if your team scores six touchdowns? Right, it could, and then you get six points. It could off be deflated. That. Yeah, I think like, Greg oh. Zerline I had for a bit, and he would do that. Yeah, the best kickers are always like Dolphins. Oh, Jason yeah. Sanders was crazy last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Aldrick Rosas too wow, with the Giants yeah. that one year. So you get rid of defenses because it's just too unpredictable and. Bro, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, uh, you know, like a team scores a touchdown, your defense loses seven points right off the bat. What happens if they don't give up any other points? Or if they don't get sacks or forced yeah, to turnover? Like, yeah, like it's just like yo, I just lost seven points just because I gave up one touchdown. You're, like you're making a good case. It's too volatile is the best way to explain yeah. it. And especially like when I play daily fantasy, it's like, oh, I pay, I'll pay 4900 which is very expensive for mm-hmm. a defense. And it's like Bucks dolphins Oh, I'll take the Bucks at home. Yeah, 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 they'll crush them. And then Miami hangs 30 on them. And it's like minus two. You're like, yeah. what the hell? It's just too much, man. Yeah. And then you'll have like Jaguars bills and the Jaguars get nine <laughs> sacks and turnovers. You're like, what is that? Or like that the Bengals, they were the low. I think they were the lowest salary on DK and like, look what they did. Yeah, they broke the slate. I had a feeling, man. You got to target the Steelers. We're going to get into the Steelers, but man, Steelers. <laughs> Dude, crazy, crazy, yeah. man. Uh, all right. Before, before we get into football, though, we, we, we want to touch on a, I don't know if it's a sensitive subject, but. It's something that's been coming very prevalent in the combat sports world. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The the frat kid that yeah. in the charity boxing. Yeah. Man. So for those of you that don't know, this really I don't want to say it's it, it struck home for me, but we're both combat sports fans. Mm-hmm. We we like watching fights. We watch fights together. Mm-hmm. I you know, the reason I look mad crusty and I have on fucking soccer shorts on is because i just came back from jujitsu haven't even showered shout out to mom dukes put one of those air fresheners in here and she's like dude 
You have to open it. Don't just have it plugged into the it's, wall. It's 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 a game changer. <laughs> Alan's like, yo, it smells really nice in here. I was like, thank God it works because yeah. the boy is stinking it up in here with yeah. the jits. But yo, uh, University of Nevada, shouts to Vegas. Uh, this kid died mm-hmm. participating in a fraternity charity boxing. Um, super sad story. Preventable. Mm-hmm. You can't do this shit, bro. You can't fake fighting. There's no way around it. Even if it's 16-ounce gloves and you have the padding and even the headgear, too. You can't you can't fake fighting. You can't do it. It's just... It's so... It, this story angered me because mm-hmm. as someone who participates in a sort of... In, in some sort of martial art, like, I would never go... And I have two years of jiu-jitsu training. I wouldn't, wouldn't go into a gym and just, like grappled go guns blazing yeah. with someone more experienced with mm-hmm. me and it's like yo there's levels to this yeah. dude and you can't fake that you'll get hurt you'll get right. seriously hurt i can't walk into the gym and call out black belts they'll mm-hmm. beat the shit out of me yeah. and with this with this fighting and with boxing in particular like boxing's whole objective is you have two two places that you put all your attention in when you're fighting and boxing that mm-hmm. is it's body shots and head shots yeah. constant punches to the head mm-hmm. and especially when you don't know what you're doing right like fuck that clip clickbait shit. Fuck mm-hmm. the going viral. Like you can't do that, man. Because this is what happens. Right, and they and they will look at it as oh they're just doing it for charity. But then why did it go to these extreme levels if it was for charity? If it was for charity, you would have managed it properly. Like it, it wouldn't have gone to this extent. So, nah, it, it's the it's, kid had yeah. the kid had he was a junior, mm-hmm. no boxing experience prior. Um, collapsed right after his fight. And you could just see it, like you could see, you could see the kids being like, "Yo, man, just go do it," you know, like you know. Just, uh, the the worst take is like, "Oh, I see red, bro." Like when I fight, I just lose control, and yeah. it's like, "No, well, you're an idiot." All those like macho comments. Yeah, like, like that don't that, that don't work, dude. Yeah. That don't work, and, and cost someone's life. Yeah, and that's what happened here, man. Like, there's a reason why officials are there to stop fights early, right? For as much as we get on officials for, oh, that was an early stoppage. That was a late stoppage. Like, how many times when there's a late stoppage by Herb Dean is Twitter just outraged? Like, Dan Hardy, I know you're a Dan Hardy yeah, guy. That was He lost yeah. his UFC job basically because of that. Some people, like fighters, they see it. They live it. They The last thing you want to see fighter safety again, you want to see a fighter safety again endangered. That's the thing. Like, when you see a fighter take a huge amount of punishment, when it could be preventable, like there's just no, you're gonna see a fighter lose their mind over, like especially a guy like Dan Hardy that's been in the game for so long. So it's just, I think everyone has to be more socially conscious. Like you see a situation where it's getting rough, you gotta step in. It's really like it's all about being a human being here. It's not, and this is something that is happening in in uh, the celebrity Instagram social media world with like these celebrity fights. Yo, I say it all the time. Whenever there's a a scuffle or um an athlete calls out like an mma guy or a boxing guy or like people want to get at jake paul right mm-hmm. like yo, i get it jake paul's a youtube kid but dude has dedicated the last four or five years of his life to boxing mm-hmm. and he spars actually spars with people like you can't fake that dude right. for as much as you think he's a youtuber like dude really throws down right. so when you have a guy like nate robinson with no boxing experience you just put him in a in a ring mm-hmm. against someone who, yeah, it doesn't seem right because he does YouTube, mm-hmm. but dude, he applies himself. He yeah. he's dedicated his life now yeah. to it, yeah. right? And it's like, yo, you can't do that, man. People right. are gonna get hurt. 
right? And I just think people are, I understand the paydays are huge and they're life-changing. You, you listen to Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, Matt Mitrion, Frank Mir. Like, these guys are making extraordinary paydays boxing. Push back on that. Those are all professional fighters. Yeah. So for them, it's like, all right, if, if it's Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley, they want to fight Jake Paul, all for it. Mm-hmm. But if it's Nate Robinson... What's yeah? Or you don't like, need to chase this. Or like another, like a TikToker. Yeah. Or look at like like Frank Gore and Deron Williams are now. Which is not a fan yeah. of that. Yeah. I don't think that that ends well. That's yeah. not. Well, they're doing against each other, so like I just wonder how much they're compared. I know Deron Williams legit trains like he trains at MMA gym. I don't know what Frank Gore is doing, but it's just I just think a lot, the money's there. And uh, f- for whatever reason, the, the, like we can we could say why are people interested in it, but there's an interest in it. It's generating business, so these these athletes are capitalizing on it because if they see because they view fighting as something that's obviously enjoyable, but something that it's gonna bring the competitive streak out. So if they could chase a six figure payday to do something they're confident, in, they're gonna do it. So I just when it comes to it, I just hope they prepare, and I hope the whoever's commissioning it is well prepared. So these whoever's competing doesn't get severely hurt because they're going to get hurt, but you don't want life-altering injuries, especially when it comes to boxing. This is an MMA. Like boxing, I feel like you get damaged, but it really shouldn't be something that's life-altering. Man, you've seen a big push in the MMA world where a lot of guys are not sparring as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Like Max Holloway famously has been saying, like, yo, I don't really spar. Mm-hmm. I don't do that no more. Yeah, Max is also a guy who's been doing it for so long where he's sort of built yeah. the longevity. Hey, Robbie Lawler, too. Yeah, but, like, yo, you get a lot of wear and tear, man, on your body. You can only take so many hits. Right. Eventually, your brain is super fragile, dude. And it's just, like, it's just, it gets rattled. It hits off your skull, and it... It's not a good time to get. You ever had a concussion? No, I don't think so. I've gotten two that I know vividly were concussions for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time, high school football, I got tackled late out of bounds, and I hit like the side of like there was like a gate, and then like a three, not three foot, but like a one foot row of just bricks, and my helmet slammed on that. And I went to the other head coach who I knew. I was like, "Yo, coach, what's the play?" He's like, "Nikki, you all right?" Mm-hmm. And I was just like. Man, you should have been taken out. See, sorry. Yeah. I actually, I kept, I kept playing. Oof. This was also like 2008. Yeah. Uh, if that happens now, there's no mm-hmm. way I keep playing. Mm-hmm. And then the other time I was playing rough touch, throw a pass, and the giver just like catches. He hits me late, but like I kind of put my guard down, like I threw the ball, and then he just like lifted me off the ground and like threw me, mm-hmm. and my head just slammed off the man. Bang. Yeah. Bad. I was at Joey's crib watching football after that, and like I was trying to fall asleep, and they weren't letting me because like you're oh. not supposed to let someone fall asleep yeah. if they have concussion symptoms. Oh. So the brain is super fragile, dude. Now imagine if it like repetitively just getting. Yeah, that's why some ground pound is just it's hard to watch. Like you just wish the, the referees would step in. Like don't let the fighter go on their shield, and then you wish corners would sometimes throw the flat uh, towel. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a risk. It's not. I want to say risky, but it's a it's a very polarizing debate. Mm-hmm. When to stop a fight? When to have your corner step in? It's weird, man. It's definitely weird. Anyway, let's uh, brighten up the mood a little bit, or ruin the mood in your case, because the first the first person we're going to oh. talk about in this <laughs> next segment. Uh, I want to do a little fantasy booking, okay. right? You know, you know yeah. me, man. When it comes to fantasy booking, the wrestling fan of me mm-hmm. starts losing it. I want to play a little game. I got a list of four quarterbacks, Alan. Where do you think these four guys end up next season? 
Three of them, very shaky year. The other one playing at an MVP level, but he's a guy who there's been a lot of chaos around him. Mm -hmm. The aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers plays football in 2022? I think it's going to be Denver. Denver? Uh, yeah. Huh. I, I think the, the whole Green Bay run is run its course. Like, as great as it looks right now, and they're playing, like to me, I know I've been hyping up Tampa Bay. And look, Tampa Bay is still obviously up there. But Green Bay, that performance last Sunday, you want to talk about complete team performance. Like You look at everything, what Green Bay's done this year, and – all signs point to like, okay, this team's clearly, we already know they're contender, but this is a team that should, should continue to build on. But I just think organizationally, Rodgers, his feelings are still hurt, and I don't think he's someone that forgives easily. So I do think it's going to come a time where he leaves. And you look at Denver, like giving contracts to Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, I think they're kind of building a roster where it's whoever quarterback's going to go there, that quarterback's going to be in good hands. So. Uh, we heard rumblings back in April, and I think at this point, like John Elway's gonna want to pull the trigger. Like, okay, let's 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 do it by any means. Let's get him in. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I just seem feel like Rogers, he would fit there. I feel like that's like kind of his uh, environment. Hmm. I do think he's not on the Packers next year. No, I think that's almost like a heavy favorite. I would set the line. Like, minus 300, he's not on the Packers next year. However, where he ends up, Denver, if I'm looking at the landscape of the NFL, probably the most, from a weapon standpoint, especially with, like, Javante Williams now emerging, too. He had a nice game last week. I think that's the best location as far as what's available Weapons, defense also. I think their defense is very feisty. Um, don't know if he ends up there, though. Can I give you another team I think might be interesting? Carolina? No. Pittsburgh. I just don't see Pittsburgh pulling off that much of a blockbuster move. Like I feel like they would have to go up a lot, and they're an organization that's kind of would be hesitant. I feel like Denver is a team that would show the aggressiveness while Pittsburgh wouldn't. Denver also has the history of chasing. Yeah. I mean, it only happened one time, though, like with Peyton. Yeah, but that whole like era, like they got DeMarcus Ware, Keep Tlaib, like they were going after players. They were going after some yeah. grizzled vets. Yeah, and I just think now Denver, given that they've been out of the playoffs for so long now, and they have a, clearly have a roster that's built to compete, they're just missing that quarterback. I, I, I think they're, they would show more urgency compared to Pittsburgh. Hmm. To me, Pittsburgh should have showed urgency for a new quarterback two years ago, and yet they were completely delusional, and now look at them. Well, the Giants were kind of doing the same kind of issue, really. If you look, look at two and, model franchises, right? And look at, and look at them. And now both yeah. of them, well, one in a way better situation yeah. than the other, but still, like, you're looking mm -hmm. at the future, and you're not comfortable with the answer at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Denver, I think, would be the favorite. Also, the West Coast. However, do you want to go to a division that – you got to play Mahomes twice. Herbert, do you think he doesn't care? AFC North is that's a, that's that's a challenging division. That's true. Yeah, true. I don't yeah. think Rodgers would care. Like look, look, he's a guy that hasn't gotten a receiver in the draft for how many years now? Like he 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 takes on all comers. Yeah. I think he just wants to be somewhere where he has a good relationship with the owner and GM. Clearly, whoever's happened there, the the relationship has been destroyed. Mhm. Mm 
yeah, but Pittsburgh's definitely going to be their running. I just, I just don't see them sh- willing to give up so much because you're going to have to give up the farm to get Rodgers. Like, there's no way he's going for some cheap deal. Like, you're going to have to give up draft pick after draft pick, maybe a couple of players as well. Hmm. Well, I think that he has an out. Mm-hmm. He has an out after this year too, mm-hmm. so he could maybe be able to just go up on his own. You look mm-hmm. at you look at Denver, right? Judy, Sutton. Patrick, Patrick and Sutton just mm-hmm. got paid, like you said. Yeah. Simmons, Sertan in the secondary. Bradley Chubb still there. Uh, Hamler, who I'm a Hamler stand. Mm-hmm. Like I think that dude is special. I think Javante Williams gonna be the next big star. Javante you, Williams. You want to talk about a running back that just he just the balance. Like he does not go down. Like yeah. he just continues to run and run and run. Like I can't wait for him to get the bell cow role next year. Yeah, and also like Noah Fant is a pretty good tight end. Yeah, he can move. So, yeah, you're looking at it from a weapon standpoint. I would agree, though. I think first choice would be Denver. Mm-hmm. What about if he was to go to a team like the Raiders? I, I would think so. Like I've been, I've been calling that for like two years. But at this point, I think they're kind of behind Derek Carr. He's just such emotionally for him. He's playing at a top 10 level. I just don't know how sensible of a move would be for the Raiders to get rid of Carr unless some crazy trade-off happened. But I think... That organization has to be loyal to him, considering what he's done. Like the fact that hey, they're still in the playoff hunt after everything that's happened this year. Yeah, yeah, he was another name that I, I put down on the list, but I'm kind of with you, man. I yeah. think he stays. I think he's one over everyone. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how much shit has this guy had to deal with this right. year? I'll tell you, man. Like this dude, if if the Raiders somehow make the playoffs, I'd vote for him for MVP. I know it's like a wasted. It's more of a sentimental thing, mm-hmm. but like, dude, just has handled. From a leadership standpoint, like, who's been a better leader than him? Like, commanding the locker yeah. room and just, like, yo, put it on me. Right. Put he, it on me. He, Even, like, yo, it wasn't the most popular thing to say what he said about Henry Ruggs, where he's right. like, look, man, everyone is just completely off him, and no one is supporting him. Like, I want him to know that I still love him, and I right. care about him, and I'm here for him. Yeah. And it's like, yo. That's a teammate. That's a teammate, yeah. and that's someone that, you know, you want to you wanna build your organization around. Right. Uh, let's stay with the Steeler theme. Big Ben. I think Big Ben retires. He should have been retired. If if the Steelers don't bring him back, he just seems like a guy that's going to be like, yo, man, I'm out. I'm not going to go be a backup anywhere. I'm not going to go start fresh. But what what, what team would want to start with Ben Roethlisberger? Like, he had zero value at this point. Like, watch that Bengals, the, the, the Bengals tape from last week. It was just some of the most atrocious, atrocious quarterback play you'll Which see. is so weird because the week before against the Chargers was like the best game he played hey, all it, season. It was a home game in nice weather. You play the Chargers, you're going to have a nice home game, good weather. And apparently Chargers defense is a disaster. I know we love Brandon Staley, but that defense looks soft. Like that, that was, The L.A. theme right now is just soft between both teams. That's why I was telling Impy on the yeah. last show. I'm like, yo. When someone tells me they're from L.A., immediately, never been to L.A., super just like... Oh, you call the per... Hey, I'm talking about sports. I don't nah, nah, but I'm saying like just the vibe of L.A. to me is just yeah. soft. Okay. Bro, it's 80 degrees, like what, 90% of the year? I know, but you don't know what the worth that dick is like. like uh, it just seems like a soft city to me. Okay. Not in the trenches, bro. Fucking 30 degrees out. That's out of their control, though. Like, what are they supposed to do? Elements, baby. Northeast. What are they supposed to do? The hustlers. <laughs> yeah. There ain't no beach over here and shit. You got Jones Beach and Coney Island. Right. Congrats. I just want to... It's the way those teams have built themselves. It's just they look soft. So that's why. Yeah. LA is like... LA... Oh, this is going to be terrible because you went to private school. But, like, I have a theme where, like, people from private school, I kind of just judge them a little bit. Oh. Well, I'm used to it by now. So, <laughs> so like, the LA theme... 
kind of like public schoolish. Oh. Would you agree? <laughs> I love LA, so I'm not gonna be here tarnishing LA. It's funny, man. I've never been there, so yeah. it sounds super ignorant to me. I'm very pro LA. I'm also just salty that they get the West Coast games mm-hmm. at a reasonable time. Yes. UFC pay per views don't you know get out of the Staples Center at <sighs> two in the morning. And they attract stars. Look at the organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh Rothsburg, just, he needs to go away. Hmm. It, it's just the way like he tried like Chase Claypool, Ryan, an out and up, beat Eli Apple by like, three steps, and Ben Robster was throwing like a back shoulder throw, and he hit Eli Apple and shred him. It's like enough. And then I don't think there's a quarterback. I think uh, shout to Kevin Clark. He poses a quarterback that's been left face first on the ground more than Ben Roethlisberger. Like he always ends up on the ground face first. Like it's just it's like you're watching your uncle play quarterback. It's just it's it's unwatchable. At this and point. in some cases, like a drunk uncle play yeah. quarterback too. Oh. All right, how about this one? Close to home. Matt Ryan. Yes, yeah, so that cap situation's rough because I think I think it's forty million. Like like everyone's joking about the Minnesota San Fran game it was a game of the second highest paid quarterback and the fifth highest paid quarterback between Cousins and Garoppolo. And you just watch these quarterbacks, I'm like, these quarterbacks should probably be like twentieth or twenty fifth highest paid or whatever. But uh Matt Ryan I'm gonna say he stays. I could see Pittsburgh being a good spot for him, but I think no way in the cold. I mean, he grew up there, bro. Nah, I can't see him being an outdoor guy. I mean, he's dealt with it before. I, th- I think it's just a myth. Like just because he's been in dome his whole career doesn't mean he can't play in the cold. I Matt, Matt Ryan's very tough-minded. I think one also went to Boston College you know, too, so not exactly sunshine yeah. and rainbow. No, I just say there's a stick with Matt Ryan, like oh. Outside conditions, it's I'm like no, it's just he's been with a bad franchise the past couple of years. Like he could he could play outdoors. It's just at this point, Matt Ryan's career, you need to have you need to have the structure around him. Like Matt Ryan's not in a position anymore to really elevate talent. He's just too inconsistent at this point. As well as he's played at times this year, like the past three games, it just kind of showed our he ages getting to him. But he's still capable. You just gotta put the pieces around him. Hmm. I would say Pittsburgh, but. Pittsburgh. Yeah. You think Denver would go after a veteran guy like that? I think if they were desperate, yeah, because it's not like they're going to get a high pick. Because to me, it's like they, they can't go back to Teddy, and obviously Drew Locke is a complete wash, so they, they're going to definitely get a quarterback. Yeah. And there's not many quarterbacks coming out, man. Right. So I could see them. It's not It's right. not as touted as the last couple. Yeah. I don't think at this point that Denver is not going to take someone that's Kind of like a game manager or like a someone that could be respectable. At this point, they're gonna have to go for it. They've had so many game managers last yeah. couple of years. And like after Bridgewater, it's like it's, there's no point. You either have to go for it or just start fresh or rookie. Dude, even after the the Seahawks loss in the Super Bowl by Denver, mm-hmm. they basically had a run of game manager quarterbacks. Like, yo, let's not forget 2015 Peyton Manning got benched yeah, yeah. for Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Well, let's not forget, though. They drafted, though. Like, they thought Paxton Lynch was right. going to be the franchise. So it was a complete whiff. They thought Drew Locke had been the franchise. So right. they've whiffed on just quarterbacks. They just they had to evaluate quarterbacks, bro, which has always been a joke about Denver. Yeah. And, and the escape that Peyton Manning provided for John Elway has right. been the reason why. You win a Super Bowl, it's going to do a lot for you. Yeah. Public perception is all yeah. oh, quarterback whisper. He's like, nah, man, mm-hmm. he's had Brock Osweiler. He paid. 
Right? No, actually, Houston paid. But oh, he paid. He, he, he sent the offer in. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty sizable offer. So yeah. it's not exactly like, yeah, bro, you took a chance on the the second best quarterback mm-hmm. of all time, and it just so happened to work out. But I know at the time yeah. it was dude had like what four or five neck surgeries too, infusion mm-hmm. surgeries. Yeah. Um, you think Myron stays or goes? I think he stays. Yeah, I think he stays. I think Atlanta. One more. Year. How much? How much outrage would come from the media if they just after? Because you kept you kept harping on the point of like, hey man, this is a very important pick of Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. because Justin Fields, Mac Jones, some of the quarterbacks I went mm-hmm. after, and then you you invest in Kyle Pitts, you're going to be watching how Justin Fields turns out next couple of years. Mm-hmm. If you just completely give up on Matt Ryan, I feel like that's even more fuel to the fire. Yeah. There. So like think about. One of the discussions that we had on the lead up to the NFL season was how important that Sam Darnold pick was for the Panthers mm-hmm. because you traded a pick for Sam Darnold. You gave up on Teddy Bridgewater, which who would you rather have right now? Easily Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, right? You felt like this was an upgrade. Then you parlay that pick, not the Jets pick, but you waste the first round pick on a corner who's playing well, got hurt, mm-hmm. but then you also let Br- uh, Bradbury walk mm-hmm. when I was tying all these things in. Yeah, Carolina's very dysfunctional. It's been kind yeah. of, it's been rough down there, yeah. man. And now McCaffrey's hurt again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the plan is there. Like, if they're not good next year, I can see Rule just saying, like, I'm good, I'm out. I'm going back, back to college. Yeah. All these college guys, like, you see yeah. the bag that they're getting? Yeah. 12 million, 15 million. Highest paid state officials. Are college football coaches in like twenty, like half the states in the country? That's the influence is real. Hell yeah, yeah. man! But you think of all the money that they're bringing mm-hmm. in too. Uh, all right, I think he stays in Atlanta though. Mm-hmm. Um, last one, Russell Wilson. Right. He's the one that the way things are spiraling out of control in Seattle. Mm-hmm. First time in his career, four game losing streak. Pete Carroll said Russ needs to do a little bit better. Mm. It's never good when there's already rumors. When you have this added into it, I think he's out. There's one guarantee here that either Russ, Pete Carroll, or John Schneider will be out. It could be multiple, but there's no way those all all three of them are going going to be back next year. I just think after what's gone on with the organization, one of them or two of them could be gone. Like they just they can't run it back. Like some major changes are going to be needed. I think Seattle is going to do everything possible to keep Russ, and I do think Russ is loyal to him. It's just a matter. Like, I can see Pete Carroll walking away. I think at this point he's kind of been found out as great as a leader as he is and how respected he is. It's just things look broken right now. Yeah, you know, you've been there for over a decade. Yeah, achieved a lot. Eventually, similar to like Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coughlin won more Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Carroll definitely had. I would say Carroll had more success. Absolutely. They were in the playoffs. Like consistently, every year they're in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. They went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. They just this happened is, to this lose This is the it. first year they've really crashed. Yeah. Right. Every year, it's like, Russ, I know from a betting perspective, it's like, if he, if he plays the whole year, they're going to win over nine games. Yeah. Like, that's just been the common theme. You're going to come down to the wire to make the playoffs. You're going to win your division. So, it's been great there. Mm-hmm. Sort of one of those things where it's like, yo, it's just time. Right. It's just time. You've been there for so long. Like, bro, you know that this weekend... The game we're about to preview in a second, Ravens-Steelers, only the third time in NFL history that two coaches square off 30 times against each other. 
Think about that. I don't even know who the other two are, but it was a stat that I saw. I'm like, damn, yo, that's crazy. I know it's in division. I get it. But still, dude, you're talking about guys that have been there for a decade plus. And it's not gone stale because they're consistent winners. Consistently And and they're consistently drafting right, making the right signings. Seattle's paying the price for bad draft classes, trades, as we know. Bro, listen. It was bad. Sometimes you need to wait to see how things Mm. transpire. But other times you just know it was a bad decision. Two first round picks for Jamal Adams. I'm never doing that for a safety. I'm not doing that for anybody but a quarterback. I don't know if that's yeah. old school thinking. I don't know if I'm a quarterback stand. Mm-hmm. I am not giving up two first round picks for anybody mm-hmm. but a quarterback. Unless you utilize them. Like I have a huge problem right now with, with the Rams. They were Jalen Ramsey. It's like you have Devontae Adams just tearing up slot corners and linebackers. Like, why aren't you moving Ramsey around properly? Like, you like you traded two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. These are the kind of games you need him to be at his best. You're against Devontae Adams. And then you see on third down, Devontae Adams going against some slot corner that's a backup. Easy 30-yard gain. Quick slant. I know they were matched up a little bit at times, but for me, if I'm, if I'm trading two first-round picks for edge rusher, corner... I'm doing everything possible to put them in the best position to succeed. And I think the Rams aren't doing that. Seattle, look, Jamal Adams is just a limited player. I think they're doing everything they can. So I, I agree with your point. But if you have a plan, per se, I could see maybe doing it if the player is such a game changer. Like, I would trade two first-round picks for Aaron Donald. But that's Aaron Donald. Like that's, that's It's it's rare. But I think, the, like for instance, Chicago's got to be regretting Cleo Mack move. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been as dominant as you anticipated. So. I think it just depends on the player. I think I'm a little more open-minded, but I, get, I do see where you're coming from. I mean, it's it's a big ask, man, for that kind of position. Like, it's just yeah. it's just a lot to yeah. give up. If Russ does go somewhere, I could easily see him going to Miami. Wow! I could see Miami. I think Miami's gonna have to make a decision. Like, we either really gotta move, or. Because I just I think the whole Watson thing until that gets settled I'm not I don't think it's relevant. I wrote down his name yeah. for this. Yeah. I'm like, nah, it's not relevant. We can't we can't even discuss it. Yeah. So I because you hear Miami in these rumors as much as two is showing progress, albeit still kind of like they still got like the training wheels on them. But I think in that division they're gonna realize if Miami they're gonna do something they're gonna have to like really make a splash move and I could see them trying to attract Russ. Yo, you know what though, man? Like, Tua's been playing pretty well, dude. I know it's just, and and they're, through, they're through, running a lot of RP. Like, it's it's kind of fundamental. Like, it's just it's not something I think is sustainable. It's, like, yeah, yeah, it still doesn't excite me. Yeah. But like, look, first sixteen starts of his career mm-hmm. with this past weekend's win over the Panthers, sixty-seven percent completion, mm-hmm. three thousand five hundred fifteen yards, twenty-one touchdowns, eleven picks, six rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Look, last year they didn't really have the greatest supporting cast. The Waddle pick looks great for them. Yeah. And Gasicki is now an actual threat yeah. also. Haven't had much of Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Could use a running back for as much as I like Gaskin. Yeah. But I think Miami is – it's not a It's not a super panic like it was maybe two months ago. Okay. Two months ago when, like, Brissett was coming in, mm-hmm. it was, oh, shit. Now I think you, you can you can wait and see. It's just that division, the pressure's going to be on. Like you got to be competitive at some point. And I know they were just past year competitive. It's just it's just now the the stakes are getting higher. Like the town levels getting better. Like New England's back, so now you're competing with two teams. So yeah, 
I, I just, I Miami's they're they're not a very stable organization. They could they could pull a panic move and we'll see. But no, I do think Russ stays and either Carol Schneider or both go. Hmm. That regime sign's gonna have to change. Well, Russ has just turned thirty three. Doesn't really have a lot of. This is the first time that he's missed time. First, I think it's still first it, time he's had a real down year. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think he's been rushed back. Mm-hmm. Not from the coaching staff, but he's he's just a guy that wanted to get out there. Got the pins removed early mm-hmm. on, and maybe he was tired of doing those pregame rituals by himself mm-hmm. and just. Nah, he's just a super competitive guy. Yeah, he wanted to go out there yeah. and, and save their season. Yeah. You know, like they were still, and they still do. They still kind of have. A, if they could get hot, they have a chance because of how bad that seven seed is going to be in the. I know, just, they can't even do it. Like, what do they do right at right now? Like, yeah. they can't do anything. They can't do nothing. They can't do nothing. Yeah. Russ, though, I think he's a he's a nice Pittsburgh candidate. But I, I know you said that they don't really do that. Right. As far like, as you know. To me, if you're going to get either Come on, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to go berserk. Yeah. Matt Ryan, you could be a little fuck. Like, I think. Right. Yeah, come on, this, say say the team that Russ should go to, and you think is really just, good. Wow, like what? What's it? Like what's attractive about the Giants though? You don't think the Giants have a talent, uh, talented roster? They got pieces, but like we only know what they're gonna look like because all indications point Gettleman's retiring. Like we just don't know what the regime, what the regime's gonna look like. Let me know when the Uber comes. Yeah, help you with your bags. <laughs> so like, no, they've been asking for this. Look, for I absolutely years. love Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius Tony is like top ten most just fascinating players. Like they got. Cool pieces, but it just like, Shepard's probably out. Ingram's yeah. probably out. Like, what's the, I just wonder what's the regime gonna look like? What are they gonna look like going mid January? What are they gonna look like? Like, there's no guarantees right now. Judge is back. We don't know. It's just it's there's a lot of mystery there. Yeah, there is a lot of uncertainty there. Like, it's a big market. Don't be wrong. It's just I just don't know what really attracts you from the outside and about playing for the Giants when they've consistently been losing games. If he comes to the Giants, is he is he the best quarterback in the division? Ah, do you he, get he's, a, he's up there with Dak, but now you gotta give it to Dak right now. I still think Russell Wilson is absolutely top ten. One down year doesn't change his yeah, status, yeah, yeah. but Prescott's playing MVP level. Man, I, I've just had this this feeling, and maybe it's the fan in me that he's gonna he's gonna end up in New York with the Giants. I don't know. I think. Look, the, the biggest concern is the offensive line, right? And right. the most concerning thing is that this has been the case since, like, honestly, bro, mm-hmm. since they won the first Super yeah. Bowl. Like, they didn't really have the greatest offensive line then, too. Right. They had a very solid yeah. line. Like, they did their job when they needed to. The Giants were, like, 32nd in the league in rushing that year. Right. They were not a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. The last time they had a great offensive line was the 05 to 09 range. I remember they had three pro bowlers. Uh, Soybert, O'Hara, your boy Deal. I know yeah. he wasn't a, a pro yeah, bowler, yeah. but he was, you know, he was very yeah. solid. But here's the thing you have to consider, though. Giants right now have two top five picks. To get Russ, you're going to have to trade a first-round pick. Would the Giants be willing to trade one of those top five picks for a 33-year-old quarterback? Hmm. That's a big thing to consider. As great as Russ is, Giants have two top five picks right now. That is a yeah. huge luxury. Like The draft order right now, it's two from, I think it's, I want to say three to seven is just Jets, Giants, Eagles. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that sucks, bro, that yeah. there's no there's no Trevor Lawrence this year. Because if you have two yeah. two top picks in the top five, yeah. maybe you tell a team, like, yo, here's two picks. Mm-hmm. Like, just my luck, bro. So, that's, that's why. Because you know there's going to be – you're going to have to trade first-round picks to get Russell. So, I just – that's why I'd be cautious about, like, are the Giants willing to trade – at least one of those 
top five picks. Because you know Seattle's going to be desperate to get picks. <laughs> they look at Jamal Adams like, man, we got to get picks right now. Bro, <laughs> yo, that's a that's a hell of a point. Yeah, so. If you think about it, they that could be a complete rebuild. Yeah. If they get a new GM, if Schneider's the first one to go, mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what happens. I didn't think about that till now. Because no. you're looking at that situation... And you're saying to yourself, yo, I got no assets moving forward. Mm-hmm. How can I get some? Oh, here's Russ. Yo, New York, what's good? Mm-hmm. We want three first round picks from him. Or, or two. Uh, we want two ones and a second. But then what year? Like, are we going to do tw- maybe 2023? Because, like, I, the, are the Giants really going to give two, five, two top five picks up for Russ? I have a very hard time believing that. No. You can't give up two top five picks like that. I would give up two top five picks if. Watson was available without the chaos. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, he's 25, 26 okay, years yeah, old yeah, at least. Yeah, it's yeah. a seven-year gap. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay. I'd probably pull the trigger yeah. on. The thing is, Russ has taken a lot of punishment. Yeah, and also, yeah. like, yo, look, he's he, he's been durable. This is yeah. the first time that he's right. been hurt. Yeah. However, he is also 33. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Watson was 25, 26. I always come back to Watson, man. I Damn it, I know it's devastating. Like when everything, all that went down, people were just like he was a real like cult hero. And dude, also think about this: dude hasn't played in a year now, I know. so that's another so, wrinkle. Yeah. NFL football is finally back, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I went to TickPick, and I bought tickets for my parents to go watch the Eagles and Giants game. My mom loves, loves, loves Michael Strahan, an all-time GOAT, a legend, a good legend for the New York Giants. And they went there. Luckily, the Giants won that game, too. Always nice to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And they enjoyed it. The seats were dope. Cheaper than other sites. It was awesome. It was the first time I used TickPick, and it was dope. I didn't get to experience it, but my parents did, and they loved it, and it was great. So... Visit TickPick.com slash VM today to save 10% on your first order of NFL tickets. That's TickPick.com slash VM today to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. And to make it even easier for you legends. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go to the bio of the episode. The link is right there. All right, before we get into the games of the week, I got the list of the members of the Patreon, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Head on over there for the month of November and December until next weekend's UFC pay-per-view. We're doing a drawing. If you're in the $10 tier or higher, your name is in there. We're going to pay for the pay-per-view for you guys to watch it. Um, if you want to buy something with it, whatever it is, it's like a $75 value. That's what you'll be eligible for. But shout out to Mike Wozniak, Stephen Briggs, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner. You can get next Monday's episode up on Patreon now. There's some betting content on there too. And starting next week, there's going to be an extra episode of Veterans Minimum every week. Heavy NBA talk, heavy having more fun, a lot of dumber topics. Mm -hmm. Dumber but like messing around kind of topics. Uh, It's going to be a full episode like mondays and thursdays tend to be but it's going to be a patreon exclusive for five dollars a month you get access to that and help support the show buy some new cameras and and all that so patreon.com slash veterans minimum all right alan uh steelers ravens this my friend to me kitchen sink game for pittsburgh they have no choice but to win this game i know it's already a little shaky with Watt getting popped for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? How do you feel about it's that? Like, can defense play any worse? Like back to back games, they've given up forty one. Right. Um, good offenses they've played. So mm-hmm. uh, you're playing a very dynamic offense that's been struggling. That's at some point bound to break out. And if you're Baltimore, you're looking at this matchup like, yo, man, they've been getting up forty spots. Mm-hmm. Is a good get right spot for right. us. So it, it's it's really intriguing, even though Pittsburgh at times looks unwatchable. But it's just you got to think a team with that many veterans and just given Tomlin's pedigree, it's like they just have to play better. Like you know, they have to make this game like a thirteen ten seventeen thirteen. Anyway, you got to make it ugly like Cleveland did. Yeah, exactly. But in that way, you got to force a lot of turnovers. Like I thought, Cleveland's that defensive performance just job well done all board like to me they forced those turnovers like Lamar the decision making I didn't think was that bad it was just Cleveland made great plays besides I think maybe one picky Lamar threw to a safety but other than that I thought it was a lot of good individual efforts so this type of game where you need like a Minka Fitzpatrick or Anthony Highsmith to make a play or you know Cameron Hayward but man what a monster year he's having he's one of my favorites like Cameron Hayward it's, he's like one of the most grizzled vets now but he's still playing at an extraordinary high level like he had a I think it was against the Chargers. He had that crazy bad pass led to an interception. So Pittsburgh needs their Top core guys. figures to really deliver, especially if Watt doesn't play because Baltimore has just so much star power. And another thing with Baltimore, and you saw against Cleveland, they are going to blitz. If they feel like they don't have to respect the team's passing game, they are going to bring 6-7, no problem. And the fact, I just can't imagine Ben Roethlisberger is going to feel comfortable at all dealing with blitzes. Like he saw much Baker Mayfield was struggling. So I think this is a very worrying spot for Pittsburgh. Like this type of game where they have to make it ugly. They got to force some turnovers and, you know, try to give Najee Harris 25 carries. This is a game where you need Najee Harris to touch the ball a lot. Well, I think he might get that in the passing game. 
think that about too. all the blitzing just screens little yeah screens or dump offs to him just coming out the backfield shall crosses deontay Johnson. i think i think harris is gonna have to play a big role in this one mm-hmm. Fryermuth muth now has becoming a tight end that like in fantasy you're kind of starting and you're expecting good things from he's been good he's been good I like oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's why wow, i could i could i could have the tyler higby though no, i liked higby but he just can't rely higby <laughs> plays 98 percent of the snaps two targets <laughs> gotta hope he like stumbles into the end zone yeah, yeah i think he has like six He's been tackled six times inside the five. I remember uh, reading some stat, uh, like halfway through the year too. So who knows yeah, what that yeah, number yeah. is now? But back back to Pittsburgh, I love, absolutely love that this game is in Pittsburgh. Back to back games on the road. I know you were joking around, but also true. It was like seventy percent Steeler fans in SoFi. Yeah. I like that this game's in Pittsburgh. That's why my take on this is completely different. If this game was in Baltimore, mm-hmm. I like it because Pittsburgh needs a home game right now. It's a division opponent, always a slobber knocker with these two teams. Just historically, when I think of it, when I think of these divisions, mm-hmm. and it's open, it's only happened five times in the last 14 years that one team has swept. So it's always 1-1. Right. And it was, it was nice to see that Pittsburgh's done it three times. The Ravens have done it twice. Now, this is the first meeting this year. Baltimore, top seed in the AFC. Pittsburgh needs this because if you look at the landscape of the AFC, only the Jets, Texans, and Jaguars have less than five wins. Everyone else has five wins or more. And it just rotates all the time. Like Buffalo was the two seed two weeks ago. Now they're the six seed with four teams on their tail. Yeah. I just think Pittsburgh just needs for like morale purposes. Like just get their credibility back. Like, look, this isn't a team that's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. I know, look, they want to be for a wild card spot, get in the playoffs. That's big for them. You know, maintain that five hundred record. But it's just it it was really eye opening just how like since he built like since he literally made them quit. And when do you see a Mike Tomlin team quit? And what's crazy is Tyler Boyd's comments after the first time they played Pittsburgh right. in Pittsburgh. They're like, yo, they just gave up. They just quit. Yeah, I didn't quite see that the first time, but the second time, oh, you saw it. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, you so but late beat second. Down. Yeah. Game was over at halftime. Yeah, was it thirty-one three or something. Just shit? The, just those turnovers, just, just the way like either Ben was coughing up or he was getting stripped. Like it, it was just it was just so hard to watch. And like, that game on yeah, last Sunday yeah. felt like uh, this is what you guys are gonna be dealing with moving forward. Because now the Bengals are probably saying, "Yo, we got our guy now. Mm-hmm. You've been dominating us for a decade plus, right. close to twenty years. Yeah, now we got our guy. This I, is what's gonna be. I happening. agree with that because Ryan Shazier was talking about this. He does a show on the Ringer, and he was talking about how like years ago, like Pittsburgh would be telling Cincinnati, "Oh, you guys are quitting." You guys, like, even AJ Green, all respectable for AJ Green, it's like, "Oh, you don't want to be here. You're not. You don't, you're not even finishing your routes at this point." It's like Pittsburgh was dogging Cincy, but now look at the other way it's going around and. That's, just, that's what happened since he's they built we're gonna talk about since they've built a really good team at pittsburgh like pittsburgh's drafted well it's just the old line shaky qb can't throw the ball and the defense they're starting to see some regression yeah Look, they've been a top five defense yeah. for for a very long time right. now. we always talk about how it's it's rare to see the legion of boom mm-hmm. the the patrick willis led 49ers mm-hmm. right like it's hard to have sustained excellence at defense. Like, yo, even the Tampa Bay Bucks defense isn't all that right. compared to what it was last Absolutely, year. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's that's why when you do have a, yeah. a a Bears of a couple of years ago, the Jaguars, like, what happened to the Jaguars? Yeah, Top not, defense in Niners, the league. And yeah. So <clears throat> it just always happens. And for Pittsburgh to consistently be mm-hmm. like under Tomlin, just a mm-hmm. great defensive team, 
But with Baltimore, I do want to see them get back on track. Um, Lamar, I feel like, completely eliminated himself from the MVP race with that performance on Sunday Night Football, though they did win. Mm-hmm. I get that, but just an ugly performance by him. But I think this is a spot where everyone's off Pittsburgh. No one's saying anything nice about Pittsburgh. This is a last stand for them. I think if they lose this game, I think they probably win a game or two the rest of the way. Like, it's going to get ugly. Maybe even bench Ben, I could see happening. Not that what's behind them is all that, too. Might as well give Haskins a shot. Might as well, right, at this point. But I think Pittsburgh is going to throw everything at them. I think Pittsburgh actually wins this game. I don't think they have enough. No? I'm going with Baltimore. I think just... Like you look at Baltimore's offense, like they just have too many explosive players that can make a difference. Like Hollywood Brown's starting to get healthy. Mark Andrews might have the catch of the year. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> Although, oh my God, you weren't you're gonna love this that uh first time this, so Lamar had four interceptions. All four of them were attended for Mark Andrews. Fire. You know the last time this happened? I don't know the opponent. Eli Manning threw four interceptions and all of them were attended to Hakeem Nix. <laughs> We want all the records, baby. Yeah. And then before that, I think it was like Mark Sanchez, the Braille, and Edwards. So, like, New York had the for a bit, but. Wow. Yeah. Hakeem Nicks, man. And you could just picture Eli just throwing goal balls and just being severely underthrown and, like, teams picking or it up. Or into double coverage. <laughs> yeah. But, like, severe double coverage. <laughs> like, no chance hero balls. Yeah, but I'm going Baltimore. I just think they have too much offensively. And I just I can't trust that Pittsburgh offense right now. Hey, man, I feel you. Yeah. I would feel a lot better if, if TJ Watt was going to be in. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Pittsburgh. I'm going to just trust history and, and them always just showing up in, in spots like this. Okay. Um, and I'll learn from this game. If Pittsburgh doesn't win it, then I know, like, you know what? Things should change. Bruh. All right. We mentioned them in passing. The Cincinnati Bengals. They're playing the Chargers. Burrow versus Herbert, same draft class. This game is going to be awesome. This game is going to be dope. Why didn't that get flexed into Sunday Night Football? I don't know. They're giving us Chiefs Broncos. Okay. Not exactly. Okay. Can we, can we, like, we always just got to put Mahomes on TV. Like, Yo, I said I felt like this is a loser leaves town match. You gave me some pushback. Why? Well, both teams are over 500. It's still early December. Like That extra week gives some flexibility. And I just think the AFC is so crowded. And with the extra seed... Like to me, if you're gonna be at the playoff hunt, you gotta be like two games under 500. So uh, it's an important game, obviously, but I I don't think like a team's done if they lose this. Right. Like like Bengals are in pretty good shape. Yeah, right they're now. seven and four. Yeah. Maybe the Chargers. The, it'd the be Chargers a concern. Lose. It'd be a concern with the Chargers, but like they're not have if they lose. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you see in these two quarterbacks? How about this? I've been having this debate with uh with Dunbar. It's been on the show a bunch. Uh, Herbert versus Burrow. Where are you on them? Well, Herbert's a clearly superior player. I feel the same way. Yeah. I think Herbert is the better talent. Yeah. However, we used to always say the same thing like Peyton and and Manning. Mm-hmm. Like early on, it's like, you know, Peyton Manning, they're going to play each other so many times. And Peyton Manning, Manning Brady. Oh, I said Peyton Manning. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, I don't know if you're doing Peyton Eli, but no, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, Eli's yeah. clearly the better yeah, Manning. Yeah. But that's a different conversation. Oh, yeah. No, Peyton, yes, Peyton and Brady, yeah. right? Peyton, you would always say, yo, has all the, the better skills, mm-hmm. right? And then Brady was just the better winner. Right. I kind of feel that might be the thing with these two guys, too. Burroughs has some rough performances, though. Yeah. I thought the Packers game 
kind of fell on him. The Browns debacle. He made some careless play. Like Burrow could get reckless, and I think Burrow's he has the better offense. He has a better coaching staff right now. Like, to me, the Chargers, as exciting as it was, and their roster does have star talent. There are holes there, and I just, I really question their coaching. Like Joe Lombardi's getting a lot of heat. Uh, it's just they don't. If Mike Williams can't get open enough, they just have no vertical threat. Well, with the Bengals, like they have a top five trio at receiver, and they have a running back that he he's playing a top five level right now. Like I always loved Joe Mixon as a player. It's just injuries, bad offensive line, uh, fumbles, Stack boxes. Yeah, but like with Joe Mixon now, he's putting it all together. So to me, Cincinnati they've really assembled a good roster, and. The coaches have just making it work because their offense line is not very good, but they're just patching it up. And I think Burrow definitely has the much better infrastructure around them. But when you look at like just overall quarterback play, like Herbert's just spectacular. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I always I think the emergence of uh, how good Chase has been this year and Mixon really becoming like a stud running mm-hmm. back. But not that Mixon was always uh, like he was like super over. Again, my chair is just magically yeah, I don't just know dropping. What's going. Like, what is going on? But I think Mixon, man, he's. I've always been a Mixon guy. Mm-hmm. I think you need to factor in. He never had an offense like this around them. Like they just got Higgins and Chase last year. Right. Like both of them together, right? Uh, didn't have Burrow. Was always facing eight man boxes. They'd always stack. He was always like the running back yeah. that would get twenty eight carries right. for seventy yards. Good conservative coaching staff from Marvin Lewis. So now he, the guy, we don't know much about Zach Taylor, but Zach Taylor, he's quietly building something there. He is, yeah. yeah. And he came from McVeigh, the coaching tree, and like yeah. you know the offensive genius kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far, mm-hmm. but look, I think, I think Burrow might end up being the guy that like wins more because of the team around him. Yeah. Which is crazy to think of Cincinnati like that, right? right? But you probably also felt the same way about the Patriots before like right. Brady got there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll give the Chargers time. Like I, I, th- I think right now they're flawed, but like you know, we'll see no off season or two. Like yeah, it's still the early stages. Well, I think these two teams are going to be a force because you yeah. have a you have a two to three year window where you're going to be having quarterbacks on a twelve million dollar salary. Right. So you could take advantage of it now. Mm-hmm. I think these these two teams next year. Based on what they do this offseason, mm-hmm. are going to be a problem because they're already a problem now. Like, mm-hmm. they're not easy outs. Yeah. Like, all the games the Chargers have played, with the exception being this last one against Denver, mm-hmm. in division opponent, mm-hmm. they've been getting dominated by the Broncos the last couple of years. I think this is a matchup where I expect fireworks, man. Yeah. There's Chargers and Bengals. It's going to be fun. I think Burrow and Herbert are going to get elevated by the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's going to be talking about that draft class, both guys. And I'm excited for it. I do think the Bengals, because their defense is better, I give them an edge. But again, I just think Herbert is the type of dude that we saw him go into Kansas City and dominate that game, win that game. He's the kind of guy that could go into any building and just like win. Right. He's got the talent. And I think also he just makes throws you don't see quarterbacks make like that was a throw against Pittsburgh. He made it was like forty yards now. He just straight laced it down the seam. Like it's just some of these quarterbacks have spectacular arms, and I think the one knock on Burrow, he doesn't have the greatest arm strength. Even though he did throw a nice bomb to Higgins, and they could go like those those Bengal receivers go get it like all three oh, of them. Yeah. Like even though Boyd's kind of a slot possession, he's very aggressive. So 
uh, I'm I'm really like I know I was downplaying the Bengals during the season, but I'm thoroughly impressed by them. And even though defensively they don't have a lot of big names, they're just they seem to be well coached. Like they're getting the most out of Eli Apple. Awuzie is having a career year. You have Sam Hubbard nearing ten sacks. Hendrickson signs look fantastic. Yeah, like, yeah. like it, it, a lot of things are coming together. And um, like I'm pretty confident I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Like I think one of the biggest things I think they're going to do is control time possession, especially with Mixon. Like they're going to run the ball down. And they'll be able to. Yeah, like the Chargers defense has just not played well. So I'm I'm going to go and it's just you also have to look at the one o'clock time slot. You always never know with the West Coast teams. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, Good I'm, call. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Like, yeah, I, I never want to roll the charge just because of how much I appreciate um, appreciate Herbert and that Bengals O line. Like Joey Bosa could single handedly wreck that game too. You never know Derwin James factor, but I'm I'm gonna ride the Bengals. They're the better team. I'm glad you mentioned Derwin James because yeah. dude is having a hell of a year. Oh man, I pick on Drew Luck. Yeah, but he's yeah. just he's just so fun to watch, yeah. man. Just a game record too. He's healthy. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the Bengals too. Right. I want the. I can't get the Chargers right. Like, they're just a team that they just continue to let you down in spots you think that they're gonna. They're kind of soft in the trenches. Some would tell other LA team, and Bengals are gonna get after you in the trenches. That's that LA vibe, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last game on the menu: the battle for the AFC East. Most anticipated Monday night game in a very long time. Hmm. What other Monday night games were good this year? I can't think of one. I feel like there's been too many giant games on Monday night. Because remember last year, we had already had that Browns and, and Ravens, Ravens game. Ooh, that was a classic. That was like one of the No, best. that was oh, that was last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 2019. But this year, eh, like there's been... I got the schedule in front of me. They've they've like Colts Ravens was dope. I, I enjoyed Ravens Raiders. That was a good opener, but like and we were, no one was Bills. really anticipating. Okay, Titans Bills was damn good, but the buzz was on Tennessee at the time. Like this is a game where both teams have the expectations are heightened. Everyone wants to see what the Patriots are going like. They're going against like a true real opponent here. You know, I'm not trying to downplay Tennessee, but that matchup was it was a match made in heaven given the supporting cast. Issue. You got to downplay Tennessee yeah. at this point yeah. because they just don't got no guys no, there, man. I, I just crazy stat of the year is they ran for 270 yards and lost by 23 points. Like they like they ran for 270 yards and like it was totally irrelevant. That's that's how still crazy got it pummeled. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember texting one of my buddies who bet he bet the Titans plus seven and a half. I told him I was like, dude, I would bet the Pats or don't bet it at all because mm-hmm. I just felt like they were gonna dominate them because and force turnovers because Tannehill is like you just can't, and, and especially yeah. now yeah. right like they just don't have anything and it's one of those things where like using your handicap from the beginning of the season to trickle down into the regular season now where we're at now like I just kept saying you don't have that big three you're gonna be in trouble mm-hmm. you're going into Foxborough they're rolling. This would have been a situation where if I hadn't connected with Will Blackman and talked to him, like I told him on the show that we recorded how, dude, your strongest take that you've like put me onto is you got to stop. And the way like NFL players look at other teams too, which was really cool, is stop looking at what teams they beat, mm-hmm. right? Like that would always be a knock with mm-hmm. me. We've talked about this about yeah, many yeah. teams. Like, ah, they never beat anyone. No. no. Are they dominating the teams that they beat? quality of it the performances are they beating nfl teams mm-hmm. by two three scores mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't yeah. matter that it's the jets mm-hmm. or the falcons mm-hmm. or or like the texans the texans yeah. like when you're beating those teams handedly 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. And that's what New England has been doing. Buffalo, I think Buffalo has a chance here to halt some of the Patriot momentum. And if you want to do that, you need to establish some kind of run game. And I hate when like that becomes a thing that we need to talk about. But they're getting predictable. They are, yeah. yeah. That's the thing, like... And Josh Allen it seems like every game he's turning the ball over two times, and like you do not want to turn the ball over twice against this Patriots team because the Patriots know how to control a time possession. They have their running game. They have the offensive line. That offensive line's playing at insane level right now. They are just mauling teams. So this is not the game where Josh Allen could be reckless because the New England defense they got players that could take the ball away. That and also on the flip side, New England doesn't really turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So. You can't have one of those like reckless Josh Allen games, two intos in the first quarter or, or something. Fumble. Yeah, you can't you can't do that in this matchup. I think long term, the loss of Davius White for the Bills, I felt as if he was the most important piece on their defense. They rotate all the defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Their safety duo probably top. It's up there with the Packers. Yeah, yeah. but like top three to five ish. Yeah. H- high say. employer. They they are range. They cover everything. Yeah. And they don't miss tackles. So so now you take away Tredavious White. You don't have him torn ACL. Look, New England don't really have anyone that scares you on They can scheme players open. But yeah. they scheme players yeah. open. They got two running backs that they don't mind giving the ball 20 times each to control the clock, like you said. Mm-hmm. This game does set up very similar to Colts' bills. Where... I think the Colts went in there, wanted to run the ball, and they did. Jonathan Taylor went crazy. I think New England's going to implement the same kind of game plan. Right. It's just a matter of how Buffalo's offense performs. Like they can't waste possessions. They got to get after. I think one matchup that we should really monitor is like someone doesn't talk like J.C. Jackson's like really playing at top five level. And last year, Stephon Diggs embarrassed him. We I was actually over. No one really watched that Patriots Bills game, but like. Diggs, if you watch the highlights, Diggs was tearing Jackson apart. And, like, J.C. Jackson was one of the best corners in the league. And I think it's going to be curious like, what Belichick does because Belichick will either – he kind of uses his number two corner and then a safety over the top to cover opposing teams number one wide receiver. But will he maybe just use Jackson here? Uh, that's the question because you know Allen's going to try to get Diggs the ball at 10, 12 targets. Yeah. yeah. And he's starting to feed him a lot more too. Because mm-hmm. I think he realizes – Beasley's absolutely lost a step. Sanders is aging. It's pretty much you can rely on Diggs, Gabriel Davis, vertical shot, and you know keep Dawson Knox healthy because Dawson Knox is that's the game changer right there. Yeah, he could you could utilize him in so many ways, and he can make contested catches. Like to me, I think he's their second most valuable weapon right now over Beasley and Sanders. It's hard to argue that, yeah. especially how well he's played. He's been a touchdown machine, mm-hmm. and not even a touchdown machine because I know. Last year too, he would have two catches, nine yards, yeah. and a touchdown. Like no, but often. He's, he's a vertical threat. But though. now yeah. they're actually using him, you know, twenty to twenties. Yeah. Right. Not just a red zone guy. Yeah. He makes plays. Mm-hmm. He makes plays. I thought when he when he left the lineup for a couple of games because of the injury, mm-hmm. I thought Josh Allen missed him a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this one. I think Bills Mafia is gonna be rocking and rolling. They want this. This is the team that you need to still yeah. They're selling your way, man. Right, yeah. It's a really this game is really I've been going back and forth. This is like I'm usually confident in my picks. This is one I'm I'm not confident at all. Like cause I really rate both these teams highly. And I'm i I'm concerned about both quarterbacks going against each other's defenses just because 
you just don't know. Like this is one of the first real tests for Mac Jones. He's gonna be in a hostile environment on prime time, and then Josh Allen just he has not played well. Like he still makes his impressive plays, and he still has crazy arm strength. And you know he's gonna make three or four structure plays that are gonna blow your mind. But it's just when you're giving the ball to the other team, it's just a huge red flag. And doing against a team like the Patriots, you just can't afford it. So, oh man, who who are you picking? I think I'm going to go with Buffalo, and here's why. They have extra time to prepare for this game. They played last Thursday on Thanksgiving, and now they're playing on Monday. I'm going to lean with that and also that it's home. Okay. Because also, this is more of a, again, I know you're going to hate this, but I feel like it's more of a must win for Buffalo because they play each other twice in the next three games, and then you got to go to Foxborough. I feel like this is a game that Buffalo needs more. Uh, it's tough, man. We haven't yeah, had a Monday Night Football game like I this. No, and the thing is, so like I'm leaning, I'm I'm just gonna go with the Patriots. Like I've been leaning the Patriots. I just think those lines, particularly the offensive line, like Buffalo's decent up front, but I just feel like the Patriots they just know how to create openings, and then Mac Jones knows where to put the ball. High percentage looks like. And they, and they, you just don't know who's going to merge. Like, John Smith was a healthy scratch. Then he's making plays. Kendrick Bourne is now doing things. Jacoby Myers is a solid threat. Like, they, they, they have no real players that you're going to prepare for, but they have playmakers all across the board that you never know when they could chip in. So, I don't know, I'm just going to rely on that that line, the defensive organization, and Mac Jones not turning the ball over. Because I think this is one of those games where the turnover battle is going to make the difference. And I trust the Patriots to get the takeaways and not give the ball away. Feel that I respect that. Yeah, yeah. New England just so crazy how they don't turn the ball over. Like very rarely do. But they then have, they force like three turnovers a game. Yeah, it's very rare. Like I want to, I want to take time and go back to like when Brady first became the starter till now. Like how many times have they lost the turnover margin? Yeah. And I know it's like a super cliche thing that you hear everyone say, yeah. "Oh, you win the turnover margin, right, you win." Right. But like with them, it's even like overly emphasized, yeah. man. Or look at the regular season totals, like the end of the season, like their plus minus margin. Are they like in the top five most seasons? And that's something that historically, like, there's regression to the mean. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Buffalo though. Yeah. I think this is a it's a true pick of masses. It is, it is yeah. yeah. And the line is moving closer to that, right? right? Like Buffalo is a three and a half point favorite. Now they're a two and a half point favorite. I'm gonna go with Buffalo. I love Buffalo, but just something about the Patriots right now. I think they're just I trust them more. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Dude, this was a good one, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Haven't seen you in a while. I'd even yeah. use the M word and say I missed you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only a few weeks. Like, like I, we well, met- yeah, when I see you every week, it's, it's yeah. like Matt is different. Right, 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 right. Like, like you know, like I was here before the Patriots intercepted three Falcons quarterbacks in the game. That Thursday night game. I was hyped. I saw my boy Josh Rosen for his pass, pick six. Felipe, Frank. like, could you imagine you have three quarterbacks that get picked off of one game? Like that. That, just that got to be a rare occasion. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, breaking records in the worst ways possible, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be back in egg. Playoff chase begins. Yeah, post Thanksgiving. That's yeah. what everyone says. Yeah. Let's see it. Though this time it's gonna go well into January. I know. I'm. I'm I'm curious to see how that is. Like, like I'm, not, I'm, I'm still trying to like get my mind like, like the Super Bowls in mid-February. Yeah, yeah. So. Where can they find you? Alan Sturk, A L L E N S T R K. At the, I was gonna say the Lamb Show. It's not it anymore. 
at Nick Deus 10 is where you can find me, all social media outlets. Check out Veterans Minimum, YouTube, Veterans Minimum, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're on there. Uh, it's at Veterans Minimum everywhere, and we'll catch you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.